Uh, good morning. Okay. Um, morning, Rabbi. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, again, uh, I hope this time is uh, acceptable. There, there is, uh, you know, I do have some flexibility, but uh, nine nine thirty is uh, is like in the middle. So I'm, I'm trying to. If th if this works, great. If again, if if you wanna. You have another time that uh, would be optimal for a greater number, so please let me know. I, I I'll try to be uh, flexible, because uh, I, I you know, Talmud Torah Rabim is an enormous uh, opportunity, and I I don't want to lose out on that. So uh, you know, if somebody would offer me a, a very good business deal, I would definitely be uh, eager. So if, if more people will 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 uh, It'll make it easier for more people to come at a different time. Then please tell me. I'll I'll try to uh, accommodate because that's uh, that that's a number one priority. That is a number one priority. So please get back to me, okay? My mayor, you'll do a little uh, footwork or homework or whatever. Thank you. Okay, so. Um,
we're starting the week, Bezrael Hashem. So, Bhagwan uh, used to uh, use an expression. In America, you have a concept called the booster shot. I don't know if they still have it. But in other words, even when a person was inoculated to something, so you would get an, an additional injection of, of the same idea. It was, it was a booster. It would keep you, uh, you know, we'd, it would keep you going with it. So the topic today is discussing brachos. So even though brachos is uh, certainly well known, but it, it's always good to machazik uh, ourselves with things, which even, uh, even things that we know about. Right, you know, like the Masil Zisham says, I'm not going to tell you new ideas, I'm, I'm going to point out things. So, here also, we'll see, maybe we'll learn some new things, but uh, it's always good to go over it and to remind ourselves of how important brachas are in our day. Yodua, so he says, It's well known, Maimar Rabbi Sain is a form of bracha, it's well known from the Gemara and Brachos that Chazal tell us, if anyone derives any pleasure from this world without a bracha, kigodal oncho, how serious the penalty is. You're, you're misusing. As the Gemara, the way the Gemara discusses it, it uh, the Gemara says that everything in the, <coughs> in the world, the Gemara quotes a pozik, ha-shemayim, ha-shemayim, la-shem, adam, right, that the, the heavens are, are Hashem's and the world was given to man. But then it says that everything is Hashem. So the Gemara answer is, how do you reconcile the two psukim? One is before bracha and one, one is after the bracha. Before the bracha, everything is Hashem's. And then after the bracha, then Hashem lets you partake of the world. He wants you to use it. But if you don't say the bracha, so then you are taking something that doesn't belong to you. And he says that this sin is very widespread amongst non-learned people. They eat and they take of the world without saying any brachas. So he says, Some people is because they're, they're not aware. I was learning with a Talmud of mine recently and I was said, I just mentioned that I need to say a bracha achrona. He says, well, what's a bracha achrona? He didn't know. There's a fellow who went to yeshiva elementary school, went to yeshiva high school, wasn't, didn't know what a bracha achrona meant. So uh, not necessarily does everything get passed on. So he says, some things people just don't know. Many people just don't know the text of the bracha. That's also a, a problem. And some people just because they're lazy. They're just lazy about things. Now, fine. Now, one thing, brochas uh, are very complicated nowadays. So, in other words, uh, many, many food items that you have are seriously involved in difficult understandings on, on, on brochas. And it, it's, it is crucial to, uh, to do your research. You, know, you can't necessarily afterwards ask me a question, what do you say on this, what do you say on that? It's, um, there are very difficult halachic decisions that uh, need to be dealt with when it comes to brachas and we shouldn't uh, play it down. Uh, even for us who are careful. And he says, one's heart should be pained. 
to see how, how terrible it is. Kishaholchim levacher b'simcha v'gili. You go to mitzvahs, you go to simchas, you go to wedding, you go to chasanas, you go to bar mitzvahs, wherever you're going. Babayas mole, you mechab dinosim b'masika. They give food around. Ve'esh kama v'kama shenosim b'masika v'amashka. They put it into their mouths without a bracha. Vayore es dvar Hashem. If someone is sensitive to the dvar Hashem, levavo yichav. It should hurt the person alaveira on on this lacking. Vagam sheinu yochalimchos, and you can't say anything. Your person feels uncomfortable saying something, and you're seeing people that are ignoring certain halachic norms, and even if you can't say, but it, it should hurt. There's a very very famous idea that Reb Chaim Shmulevitz brought down, he said there were three people involved with Paro's. We're going to learn about it. Uh, you're going to catch up this week. Uh, it's not going to be in this week's Parsha so much. But um, in, in Bullock, there were three people that were invited to Paro's uh, counseling on what to do with the Jews. It was Yisro, it was Eov, and it was Bilam. So the Gemara brings down that Yisra, when he heard what Paro wanted, he ran away. When Eov heard what Paro wanted, he was silent. He didn't say anything. And uh, Bilam gave the advice what to do. So it brought down that because Yisra ran away, Yisra was rewarded that his children, his descendants, sat in the Lishchus HaGozis came Jews and they became very uh, involved in the Jewish people. Eov, because Eov remained silent, he was punished with terrible Yisurim. And um, Bilam, because of what he did, he was killed. The Jews killed Bilam. Sir Chaim Shemulevitz asked a question. He said, what was it that, um, what was the difference between Yisro and Eov? Um, why was it that, that Eo was, was, was given such terrible, terrible Yisurim? Uh, they both, they, they realized they couldn't do anything. In other words, Paro wanted, uh, they understood what Paro was looking for and they didn't want to uh, give that advice. So what was the difference that because Yisrael ran away and Eo was quiet, why was it that Eo was punished with such terrible Yisurim? So uh, he gives a very, very beautiful understanding. He says, what happens when somebody pinches you? You scream. He says, does the screaming mitigate the pain? Does that change anything? Does that do any difference? What, what, what did screaming do? Didn't take away the pain. So he said, he said, but that's a natural response. He says, how, his question about, Hashem was showing Eov, Eov, how could you stand there when you saw what Paro wanted? Yisrael couldn't stand it. He had to run away. He just, he couldn't deal with it. It's like when someone is in pain, they scream, even though the pain doesn't do anything. The screaming doesn't do anything. But you just had to show something. Eov, how could you stand there so docile and say nothing? He says, I want to show you that when a person is in pain, he screams. So, um, that, that was a, it's an unbelievable insight that uh, Reb Chaim Shmulevitz has. 
and um, over here also. So this is the idea. I mean, uh, if you see somebody doing something, it should hurt us. And even if we can't say anything, but we should start crying inside or screaming inside something that, uh, you know, they're trampling on Hashem's Torah. And, uh, and if I can't say anything, and then, you know, but at least it should hurt me on the inside and I should be crying on the inside. That, that's what he's bringing down over here. Um, there are so many people that, that stumble in this. If you don't say anything, what about the covet of Hashem? And a person should try to say a bracha in a, in a, you know, in a loud voice. I once heard this in the name of someone that um, that they would do that to give you know when he would have over people that were not religious, he would he would say the brach out loud, having them in mind. They But even if, if, but what he's trying to point out over here is that a person should try to uh, say a brach out loud to remind people. You know, there's a there's an idea of brachas over here. We shouldn't uh, be you know ignorant of that. But he says again, people are not that uh, sensitive to that. People get the impression that it's only for the um, extreme religious people. They're the only ones that need to say brachos. Everybody else, you don't need. It's, uh, you know, <coughs> people live with this misconception. And it's so important to try to point it out to them. We should never ever uh, short sell a Jew. If you point something out to them, they, they can very well be very receptive to what you have to say. They should understand that there's nothing in this world that a person takes pleasure in. That you need to say brachas on. Gadel Elon's and I was giving us the brachas over here. Girls on a tree. But again, uh, these things today are so, so complicated. You really need to be, um, uh, you know, look into things because so many things have so many, it's not like things are apples and oranges today. Things are made with all sorts of ingredients. And uh, same thing with kashras. You know, you think it's a simple thing, but you, you have no idea of the, what, what can be wrong with orange juice. But you have, you have no concept, you know, what kind of a factory it comes from and all besides, and there it's sure you have other issues. But I'm saying even in Chutzlar, it's there's so, so many things you really, really need to uh, be on top of your game to, to say brachas properly. And, you know, I think it's something we should all, you know, take seriously. Being Godel Baris, it goes on the ground, Bar Priyadama. You're much better off going back to uh, the basics. That's the idea. Then you'll, your brachas come a lot simpler. I remember I, uh, when I came into America, so, so they asked me, you know, do you have anything? They were looking for, you know, agricultural goods. So I told them, I said, the only thing I have in, in my suitcase are things that were grown in factories. I said, you don't have to worry about it. If you don't have somebody to ask, so if, if you're stuck and you know you don't know, so again, there's alcohol. You can say shakol. So I guess that's what's what he's. Um, but but that's if you have nobody to ask. Baruch Hashem, today with all of our electronics, you can always uh, you know pop in a question to the web rabbis and whatever they can give you an answer right away. It's not it's not that we don't have access to finding out answers. 
and, and, and different smells, etc. She's going through the different brachas um, that people say. He's just going through the brachas over here. I don't know if we need to. Hopefully, we're we're educated in that. Okay, uh, one moment over here. Okay, right. So over If someone derives pleasure from this world, it's more you are misusing things that are hectic. So Gemara says, well, what do you do? How can you rectify the situation? Gemara says, chacham. Go to a Talmud chacham and let him teach you. This is the rule he wants to say. If a person truly wants to be connected, that we are proud to be Jews. A person should not be embarrassed. Don't think it's beneath you. We, uh, to learn from someone, even if you're 90 years old or whatever it is, and you're not sure, can ask a, a 30-year-old. What's the difference? You know, I, I, you know, whatever. I can, I understand a little bit, but, but you know, the, a, need, a person needs to put down his, uh, his own honor. But uh, you, you, you don't want to do something that's connected Hashem. So whoever can teach you, let them teach you what the proper halachas are. Write down what the brachas are, etc. And they'll teach you the truth. And you'll be in a good place. When you deal with, when you're connected to chachamim, you only get smarter. A person should be terrified to put something into his mouth without a bracha. In other words, hey, like we've said many times, um, uh, you know, if the Gemara brings down that even by the, uh, it's a fascinating thing. I mean, that this during, that's more kashos. This is brachas. Again, I'm not sure if the two are interrelated, but uh, the Gemara brings down that when it comes to kosher food and things like that, even the behemas of tzaddikim Hashem would watch out for them because to take something that, to take something into you that's not kosher, it, it does severe damage to one's neshama. Again, I'm not sure where brachos fit in over here, but it's um, it, it's certainly in the same league over here. You're putting a stolen food into your mouth. In other words, we should hopefully be training ourselves that such a thing can't happen. And no matter what, we can't, you know, we're, we're not like, uh, you know, animals eat food too. Animals eat, uh, the whole world eats. Everybody needs to eat. Hashem doesn't want us to be like an animal, though. Hashem wants us to appreciate when we're saying brachas and things like that, which we'll discuss over here, where we're serving Hashem, right? That, that This is a way of serving Hashem properly, and this is part of it. Um, fine. Like he says, if someone would steal from the king, Anyone who takes from things which are Kodesh, very serious penalty. You're taking from Kodesh. It's like you're stealing from a Kodesh Baruch Hu. And again, when they say, you know, uh, when they say it's as if, that means when you go to Shemaim, they're going to say that that's what you did. That's what we have to understand. Listen, he points out this very important idea. 
Food is, a, is a, gives the, the body physical nourishment. But brachos and the brachos that we say, hey, mozon hanefesh, that is what sustains our neshama. Shagoreim, it causes shayishra shefa kedusha ala achila. The bracha brings down kedusha onto the physical food. Bal hamashke. Now, the mom that the Jews ate was totally ruchnius. What we do, I guess, on some level is we have both. But when we say the bracha, that's what brings out the, the ruchnius in the food. That's what's happening. That's what it says. It's not on the bread alone that a person survives. It's only through the mouth of Hashem. That's what it means. The tzaddik satiates himself. If people are going to eat without a bracha, even if we judge them, though, favorably, that they just became so accustomed to doing it, that they don't even think about saying it, it would be a terrible thing. Because, again, we have to say, what are you losing by saying a bracha? You know, are we that hungry that we can't wait a second just to say a bracha? Right, everybody knows the famous story that um, the Chassid asked the Rebbe, he says, what's the difference between you and me? We both, uh, we both are eating the apple and we're both saying a bracha. So he says, the difference is, is that you want to eat an apple. You just, can't eat the, you just can't eat the apple, so you have to say the bracha. He says, I want to say a bracha. The Rebbe said, I want to say a bracha, but I can't just say a bracha, so therefore I have to eat the apple. In other words, what, what are we focusing on? What's our eker and what's our secondary thing over here? So what... How, how much effort does it take for someone to say a bracha? Say the bracha, and thank Hashem for the good that He's giving us. Everybody understands that. Uh, if, someone, if someone gave you something, how appreciate you would certainly uh, express your appreciation for what the person gave you. Anything that someone gives you. And not only that, but look, look what a Kaddish Baruch is doing for you, points out. And as again, if someone gives you something and you thank him, that's, that's a natural response to show your appreciation. Not, you're not uh, an ingrate. You're, you're showing a, something natural. So how much, but, but look at Hashem. He says, number one, Hashem is giving it to you. And on top of that, he considers it a mitzvah for you when you say the bracha. In other words, the bracha should be something which should be understood on your part that you're just expressing your gratitude, that Hashem gives it to you. But he says, Hashem takes that and turns it into a mitzvah on your behalf. That we give a bracha. Okay, and he gives a schar for that on the bracha. Is there anything more pleasurable than that? If someone is not on the level of saying a bracha, but someone who is bitter. A person should be tried on to be on top of his game. Not to forget brachos. Then it should be something that comes naturally. He should accept upon himself not to put anything into his mouth without a bracha. Now again, um, by us, I don't know if again, I don't know if by us the fight is on the bracha. But I think the fight might be, you know, how, how, how much we're paying attention to what we're saying. In other words, hopefully we, you know, 
we're, we're not at that level where we just put food into our mouths or other things out of bracha. The question is, how much do I really think about it? Or am I, you know, how quickly do I do it? That, that would be something that I think should be uh, something that we should appreciate. Those who say brachas get a bracha. Call Kabaldi now. So look at the other side. Someone who doesn't say bracha, look what, it, look what he's uh, doing to himself. Okay. Um, all right. And he's discussing something um, which, you know, was definitely very prevalent that women were not that well educated and it was more prevalent by women that they were unaware of brachas because they didn't have that education. Baruch Hashem, I think things have uh, changed in our generation. That, uh, that, you know, Baruch Hashem, women are, are well-educated and they're, they're, they know that too. But it's important for a parent to, you know, to watch over the children, to see that they, uh, you know, always make it a positive experience, brachos, you know, and it'd, it'd be good, you know, as the children get older, I guess, you know, see how they memorize it, know it by heart, because not everybody's walking around with a little birchon all the time and they don't necessarily do it. The more, and the more you make it a, a pleasurable activity, then the children will do it, right? So that's very, very important that a, that a parent should be uh, uh, and a living example to his family, to the children, you know, how brachas are, are, are important. Zach Klal Godley says, this is an important rule. Don't be worried about expenses. Whatever whatever you're putting in, in these areas, the law made us to teach people, there's been a base on to teach your household, the das to, to know these, you're giving them an enormous chus. Where does money come, where does time come in? Where does money come in? Where do all these things figure in when it comes to giving nachas to Hashem? Upamim should be too low, shall Torah, just because, you know, in other words, you're going to have to take out time from your important activities. Zel kiyuma, but you are helping your family, and that, that, that is your responsibility. That, that's what it means to be a, a, a role model for one's family. Well, Derek, they see, like it says, a slash, so Hashem, when it comes for Hashem, hey, Pharaoh Terasech, you're putting the Torah aside, meaning you're, maybe your personal learning, but that's what you need to do. Ashrei Hasam or Chosef, fortunate is one who figured, who's, you know, counting his ways, his steps. Lasso's Dvar to do things at the proper time. Al Maskunto in the right way. Beroilish Tadel Bekol Ozo, Lachapes Besvarim, look in Svarim. listen to people. Velirsham Beksav, about the brachos and the Lachalachas of the brachos. Right? There are many Svarim on brachos nowadays. Like I say, it's not Pashat. Shainu Bokibem, if you're not careful, if you're not. If you're not up on all the different ideas, until you know them well. It's going to other brachas over here. We have printing, in other words, they didn't have svarim back then. So you had to have everything by memory. We are blessed that we go to many, many uh, simchas and you're always given all these different birkonim and everything. You can always carry them around and you have them on your phones, you have wherever you want. Okay, now he's, he's, you know, going off. Berchas halavona. She had kabbalah pnei. You're being makabel pnei shkina, which we just did. Interesting idea, right? Berchas from the brach of a person. Nika, you can tell if he knows uh, if he's a yodeya say. You'll know if he's a learned person or he's 
an unlearned person. More important to understand what you're saying. Is like a goof without a neshama. It's like a like a golem. Okay, so let me just turn this off for a second. Uh, so, are there any questions, gentlemen? Uh, I, I, again, I, I hope that it was a chazara for us, which is, I think, always a, a good thing, you know. And uh, Mitzvah, I think he has a little bit more on this. Yeah, he still has a little bit more on this. Mitzvah, Shem will finish it up tomorrow. But again, please get back to me. As I said, Talmud Torah, the Rabbim is so important to me. I, I don't want to lose out. And if, you know, if there's a time that's better for more people, then I'm certainly open to, uh, to accommodating what, whatever is most beneficial. Okay? I have a question. Yes. Just one question. Right. What is the what is the right time limit, you know, for remembering if you forget to say a bracha how that's much? An that's an excellent question, Brian. Uh, the Gemara says man equal, which means the amount of time it takes to to that to digest. So again, it depends on the item, really. In other words, we we generally think when it comes to bread and things like that, they generally assume it's like the amount of time to go for a meal, which is understood to be 72 minutes. But um, it, that doesn't work for everything. In other words, whenever you're, as long as you are still satiated from what you ate, then you can still say that bracha If you're no longer satiated from that, from what you had, then you lose out on that bracha achrona. But again, if you keep, if you keep eating though, so then, uh, you know, let's say the bracha achrona, um, you know, as it's going. But uh, yeah, if you, if you ate something and then you um, and then you've forgotten, time goes by and you're not really satisfied. If you know the satiation from what you ate is gone, it, it's not one. It's not one amount of time that works for everything. I you know I, I saw that also myself. I used to think that it's 72 minutes, but it's not. Now, if you drink a glass of water or something, and then you know you, you need water again, so then what was is, is over. And same thing with Asher Yatsar, that, that's a big machlokis achronim. Um, what do you do if someone had to go to the bathroom and he forgot to say Asher Yatsar and then he needs to go to the bathroom again? So what do you do? In other words, do you say Tuber Asher Yatsar? Did you lose out on that one? These are all um, delicate issues. It's not so simple. So maybe we'll take a little time, and we'll, we'll you know, maybe we'll learn because that that that's a that's a big uh, issue with, with the bracha chrona. Maybe we'll read, maybe we'll learn it uh, this week. Read that there, but but that, but that's the general rule. It has to be that you're still satisfied from it. But I think different foods have different, you know, endpoints. So you got to be careful about that. Yeah. Okay. Any uh, other issue? Anything else, gentlemen? We're good. Okay. Have an amazing day, and as I said, please come back. Have a good day. At this time, Thank works. you, Rabbi Sternberg. Yeah. Hello? Sternberg. Yes. Yeah, Schneier. Hi, Schneier. Your, um, your grandson wants to meet you. My grandson? <laughs> Only Nachas. Wow, look at that. Oh, what beautiful Nachas. What a... You're raising an amazing family. Look at that. He's, he's your grandson. My grandson, Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. Thank you. Okay. 
All right. We'll be in touch, Schneier. Thank you. Okay, yeah. All the best. Thank you. Okay, take care. Bye.